I'm going to ask you guys to turn your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 2. 2 Corinthians chapter 2. A couple of summers ago, I was looking for something to read besides ministry books. I just, you know, we were going to take some vacations. I just needed to kind of get my brain down off of other things and just kind of have a, just a, you know, a, a distraction. And so uh, I have a, a, another daughter. I have four children. I have an older daughter who um, uh, she's really into reading. She loves this bookstore. So she's always asking me to take her there. So as I was there, we've gotten to know the owner and I'm like, hey, you know, turn me on to a book series. And so he turned me on to one of David Balducci's um, crime novels. And, um, you know, it's a, it was a nice, escape and I you know because basically I would just read it during the summers or on vacation and it's one of this if you know anything about the memory man series um, it just kind of sucked me in and you know but in the midst of all of the intrigue and all the drama and all the unreal stuff that happened in these crime novels the detectives are always all about uncovering evidence you can't convict somebody if the evidence is circumstantial. It has to be rock solid, and it often takes a lot of work. Well, as Paul is talking to the Corinthians in this, in this second book of, of the, to, the, to the Corinthians, he, in chapter 2, is showing them his evidence for his love for them. Now, why is he doing that? Well, the Corinthian church was his problem child. Um, and they, they constantly gave him troubles. And at this point that he's writing this letter, he had just gone through an issue where they were challenging his authority as an apostle. Um, they were questioning his, um, his makeup because Corinth was the most vain place on the planet at that time. It was all about body image and about wealth and about success. And you hear you have Paul, uh, um, who is this short, kind of chubby, bald guy that supposedly had beady eyes. And so he ticked none of the boxes that the Corinthians thought were successful. And so they basically question whether he truly loved them or not. And so he takes this book in 2 Corinthians, which is probably his most intimate letter of all of the epistles that he's written. And he shows in chapter 2 his evidence for how he loved them. So let's read the first four verses right here. And then we'll just kind of dive in. We're going to go through verse 11, and I'm going to show you how he kind of lays out his evidence for his love for him. So verse 1 starts, For I made up my mind not to make another painful visit to you. For if I caused you pain, who is there to make me glad but the one whom I have pained? As I, and I wrote as I did, so that when I came, I might not suffer pain from those who should have made me rejoice. For I felt sure of all of you that my joy would be the joy of you all. For I wrote to you out of much affliction and anguish of heart, with many tears, not to cause you pain, but to let you know the abundant love I have for you. Let's pray. Father, Lord, we just come before you this morning, and Lord, we want to receive Lord, what your word has to say and the work that your spirit wants to do in our heart. And so, Father, Lord, I pray that you open our hearts this morning. Lord, as you knock here this morning on our hearts, Lord, that we will open up and, Lord, just receive. And, Lord, just give us that expectation. Lord, just give us that, that desire for the spirit to work in our hearts this morning. We ask this in your name. Amen. Amen. So let me set the stage a little bit more because PCPA couldn't put on a bigger drama than what was going on in the Corinthian church. Okay. Now we have two books to the Corinthians. 
The first Corinthians was his first letter, okay? But second Corinthians is actually his third letter. There's a second letter, which we've read about, which, which uh, you see in the, in the book of, of 2 Corinthians, that we don't have. But also, too, what's happened is, is that Paul made an unexpected visit. So let me lay this out for you. He goes for 18 months and does this work in Corinth. He, he leads people to Christ. He starts this church. He disciples them. And after 18 months, being the good missionary and evangelist that he is, he sets off to go and work with some other places. And he leaves there. Well, while he's in Ephesus, because Ephesus is right across the Aegean Sea from Corinth, he starts to hear stories. Why? Because Ephesus and Corinth did a lot of trade. And as the Christians are going back and forth, they're like, Paul, you're not going to believe what's happening over in Corinth. And so he's hearing all these stories. And so that's why he wrote the first letter. He addressed a lot of the issues that were going on in the church in Corinth. Well, the problems don't stop. In fact, the problems actually blow up on him. And so he makes an unscheduled visit. And he goes there and he tries to deal with some issues. Well, there's a problem. One... There was this guy, and we, we read about him in 1 Corinthians. The, he's, he's having an affair with his stepmom. And Paul's saying it's so bad that even the pagans are going, what the heck is going on in the church there? And so Paul's like, hey, discipline this guy or kick him out. And, and, and so the Corinthians in the, first, in, in, in the first book were basically going, hey, we have liberty here. Isn't this great? We just accept and we love everybody. And Paul's like, uh-uh, that ain't happening. And so he says, you got to deal with this guy. And if he doesn't accept the discipline, you need to kick him out. And so they did. Well, this guy didn't take it too well. In fact, he started a division in the church. And, and, and there were some false apostles that kind of came through these itinerant speakers that kind of joined forces with him. And so Paul had this huge thing going against him in the church when he came and he made this unexpected visit. Well, it went sideways, as expected, for two reasons. One, he had the opposition, but two, at the same time, Paul, you've ever heard of that phrase, the thorn in the flesh? Well, he was, he was experiencing some physical issues while he was there, which basically spoke to the Corinthians as Paul being weak. And so he, that, that visit went sideways. And so this church is a mess, and Paul tries one last thing. He gets his trusted confidant and protege, Titus, and he writes a second letter. And he sends this letter with Titus to try to smooth things out and make things better. And as we get into chapter two, we start to see the results of that letter. Because Paul is starting to have some headway. And he's starting to, to, um, to, to make some inroads in this church through Titus. And we see this. But the second letter, the second Corinthians, is the third letter that he wrote in response to the successful trip that Titus took to Corinth. And so he's writing from his heart, basically saying, hey, we went through a lot of pain together, and we went through some difficult things together, but I always loved you. And he's reaffirming that love here this morning. So I want to show you several things that are evidence of Paul's love. So let's go back to verse 1. And the first thing I want to show you, if you like to take notes, you can write down. One of the first evidences of our love for people is not to say it, but it's to show it. I always tell couples in counseling, you know, don't stop telling people things, just show them. You know, because if, if you ended up on my couch in counseling, there's problems, okay? Things aren't all hunky-dory. So you, you got to stop talking, 
And you gotta start showing. And Paul's like, you know what? I've told you I loved you, but let me show you several ways that I've shown you my love. And the first way that he did it was by showing tough love. He says in verse one, I made up my mind not to make another painful visit to you. For if I cause you pain, who is there to make me glad but the one whom I have pained? So he basically said, hey, I had the tough conversation when I made that unscheduled visit. I dealt with these issues. I hit them straight head on. It didn't go as planned, but this was my evidence of my love. I had a whole schedule, I had a whole itinerary, and I broke it, and I went to you, and I had that difficult, tough conversation. And that's one of the ways that I showed you that I loved you. And listen, I, and I've talked to couples before, and, and they've said, you know, we've never fought. You know, we've never have, we never have arguments, and, and, and my mind is doing the 20 years of marriage counseling I have, I'm going, okay, one of two things are going on. Either one, somebody's strongly opinionated, and the other person just agrees with them. Or two, they just smother everything and don't say anything at all, okay? Because the fact is, is anybody who's been married for 30 seconds knows you're not always <laughs> gonna agree on things, right? And sometimes you have to have those tough conversations. Sometimes you have to have that tough love. If a person is going through difficulties, you need to be able to go up to them and say, hey man, I love you, but we, we, you need to work on these things. And Paul showed his love by having the hard conversation. He told the leaders to deal with this guy who was living in sin. And he basically said, I am not going to make another painful visit. So it shows you that he literally went and had that hard conversation. And listen, this is also confirmation too that when you have those hard conversations, they're not always going to go well. But that doesn't mean that you still don't do them. Because you know what? God may take some time to work those issues out. And I think a lot of people are, are, are things like, oh, I don't wanna, you know, I don't wanna hurt somebody's feelings. Or if I go and talk to them, it's just not gonna go well. And, and so people stop doing the necessary act of love that they need to do because of those reasons. But yet, the fact is, we don't know how God might work through you when you have that hard conversation. And I think that, that we're at a point in the church, especially where there needs to be a lot more hard conversations, and we need to do it in love. And Paul says, I've had that conversation. And, and, and you know what? Sometimes the most loving thing that you can do is to tell people the truth in love. And that several times in scriptures we see if someone's headed off a path, we're, we're commanded to go and to, to try to, to bring them back on. And you know, that's never an easy conversation but we need to do it. And, and Paul is our example. This guy in, Cor in Corinth, he's, he's demanding that he gets to do what he wants to do and everybody just has to accept him. And Paul's like, no, no, no. That's not how things work. And too many people do things under the guise of liberty and, and, and we just let people go astray. And Paul's hard conversation shows that he was willing to do that tough love. Now, we contrast it here in verse 3, because we see that he also found joy in others. Look at verse 3. He says, and I wrote this as I did, so that when I came, I might not suffer pain from those who have made me rejoice. For I felt sure of all of you that my joy would be the joy of you all. So now, there's something interesting that's happening here. Paul's talking about, first of all, his painful visit in that tough conversation. Now in verse 3, he's like, look at 
Look at the words. And I wrote as I did. So he's referencing this second letter that we don't have. And he's saying, I sent this through Titus. And, and, and as we see in chapter 7, it wasn't a, a, a nice, flowery, loving letter. It was a difficult, painful letter. But they received it. And they received it through Titus. And he says, I'm not going to make another painful visit, but I wrote this letter, and I don't want to go there so that we will, you know, because sometimes when feelings are hurt, it's, it's difficult to get over things. And so Paul's like, I'm going to send Titus. I'm going to make things right through this letter because I want to find joy. And see, here's another evidence of our love for people is that we find joy in them. Now, careful here, because Paul's not using the word happiness. Okay? And that's, especially in Americans, we've really mixed that up. Oh, you make me so happy. Well, happy is a fleeting emotion. But joy is something that truly comes from the love of the Lord in our heart. And the thing is, is that as believers, whether in our family or within our church body, we need to be at that point where we find joy in people irregardless of how they act. And, and, and why do we find joy? Because of their actions? No. You know, my kids do a lot of things that I don't find joy in, all right? That doesn't mean I stop loving them. They, they do a lot of things that don't make me happy, but I still continue to keep loving them. And that the same thing goes with the church. We can find joy in people, even though from time to time they're going to do things that, that aren't right or don't make us happy. And Paul found joy. In spite of all the difficulties, he found great joy. Why? Well, because if you read 1 Corinthians, the church was actually growing spiritually. There was a lot of things that he had pride in this church. Corinth was the most difficult place in the whole Roman Empire to plant a church. And let me tell you why. It was a major shipping route. I mean, so basically everything from Rome, anywhere else, had to go through Corinth, okay? Because it was too dangerous to go any other ways. So it was very wealthy. There was a huge Greek temple there, all right? And, and, and so they had major, uh, like, these God worship things where basically there was temple prostitutes that were always luring people to try to um, have acts of worship through prostitution. Um, and, and it was just a very vain place because Corinth also had an Olympic Games kind of like Athens did. It wasn't as big as the Athenian Games, but the, uh, the Corinthian Games were, all, were just as important. And so that, that physical fitness and looking good was very important. It was, a, as my friend Lance uh, uh, Ralston says down in Oxnard, he says it was the combination of Las Vegas, L.A., New York, and Chicago, and Miami all wrapped into one. But Paul went there. And he planted a successful church and people were getting saved and they were working in the gifts. And so there was a lot of things that he found joy. He just realized that there were some things that needed to be worked on. And the evidence of your love is that you can find joy in others, even if everything isn't okay. And this isn't just accentuating the positive. It's seeing them as God's creation and looking at them through the eyes of God's grace. Our joy isn't based on our interactions or, or even their behavior. It's based on seeing them as God does and loving them the way that Jesus did with that amazing grace. 
Now, get to verse 4. And we see that abundant love flows from you um, uh, when, when you have this evidence of love. Verse 4 says, For I wrote to you out of much affliction and anguish of hearts and with many tears, not to cause you pain, but to let you know the abundant love that I have for you. I don't think if you took all the rest of the churches that Paul planted and worked with, if you took all of them combined, I don't think you would have half the pain or affliction that Corinth caused Paul. I mean, he, he suffered great affliction from this church through persecution from people inside the church, great pain because of the attacks of his character. He spent many t- nights in prayer and in tears over them. And, and, but why? Because he had this abundant love for them. If he didn't love, for them, love them, there'd be no tears. He'd just be like, you know what? Let them do their own thing. And you see, that's a danger as believers. You know what? This person, they're just too difficult. You know what? This person, they're just, they, they just won't get in line. You know what? Just, just let them go. But no, Paul wouldn't let his most difficult children go. He still continued to love them. And, and here's the key. Because he had an abundant love. But this love wasn't conditional. And the love wasn't from him. Now, if you get one thing this morning get this one thing. The love that I'm, I'm, I'm asking you or I'm, I'm challenging you guys to show evidence of isn't your love. It isn't something you manufacture in your heart. It isn't something that, that, that you contrive in your mind. This love is literally given to you by the Holy Spirit because of your relationship with Jesus Christ. Let me show you how. Romans 5, 5. Paul's talking about the peace that comes from salvation. And then he goes on right here and he says, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Two keys. One, when you receive Jesus Christ, your heart is flooded or overwhelmed with the love of, 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 of Jesus Christ. In fact, it's one of those things where literally like where you have a cup and they just keep pouring and you know, and if you're one of those nice, neat people to the rim, you're going to have issues with this, okay? Because the love just keeps going and keeps flowing over and goes onto the sides and goes down to the table. Because why? Because God knows that's the amount of love that you need. He overwhelms you with that love and it's through the power of the Holy Spirit. So you're able to experience and to show abundant love. Why? Because it's overflowing out of your heart, which means that there's more than what you need, which means that you need to give it to other people, but it's all done through the power of the Holy Spirit. If you're having difficulty loving somebody, your prayer isn't like, God, help me to love this person. That's, that's okay prayer, but what you need to say is like, Holy Spirit, you've given me everything I need to love this person. Show me how I can love them. Show me ways that I can show my evidence of love for them. And you know what? The Holy Spirit's so faithful. And, and, and when we have that peace through salvation, and, and we have the power of the Holy Spirit pouring the God's love into our heart, it's amazing. And that love should never end. Why? Well, because we have Paul's words in 1 Corinthians 13. The great love chapter, right? Verse 4 says this, love is patient and kind, It does envy or boast. 
It is not arrogant or rude. And then verse eight, it says this, love never ends. Love never ends. Why? Because God never stops giving you his love. He never stops pouring that love into your heart. He never stops giving you ample love to be able to love other people. Why? Because it never ends. Because his love is never ending. And this should be encouraging and, and it should be sustaining because the fact is there are going to be difficult people in your life. You may be that difficult person in your life. And, 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 and the thing is, is like you need God's love to love everybody rightly. Okay? If you base it on your happiness, it's going to run out. You may not be happy with the person, but you can still show them love. Now, I want you to jump down to verse 5 in 2 Corinthians chapter 2. And this is what Paul says. Now, if anyone has caused pain, he has caused it not to me, but in some measure, not to put it too severely, to all of you. And so the fourth piece of evidence we see is that we feel others' pain. Now, as we get to verse 5, Paul is hearing from Titus that the Corinthians were hurting over the fact that they had hurt Paul. They looked at him as his pastor. They had been difficult, but when they realized that they had hurt him, they were feeling pain. And so Paul kind of changes things like, hey, hey, I'm not, I'm not trying to, to cause you heartache. I don't want to cause people pain. And see, this is important. The fact is, is that we know we're loving other people when we feel other people's pain. When you can sit with someone who has a terminal disease. When you can go to a hospital bed of someone who's been in a difficult accident. When you can walk with someone who's going through a a relationship, a marriage that is dissolving. When when you can sacrifice your time and, and, and solely think about the other person's problems, you have the ability to feel other people's pain. And you see, Paul says, hey, I loved you because I've felt your pain and I didn't want you to go through the pain. In fact, I would rather take your pain upon me than you suffer pain. And so that just shows the love of of Paul. And Paul is simply saying, hey, I know what you're going through. And so Paul wanted to take their pain from them for everything that had happened. And you see, when we truly love other people, we're willing to bear their pain. 1 Corinthians 13, 7, to go back to it, says love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Love is willing to bear other people's problems. It's willing to endure, which means it's willing to walk with people until we, we, we get through that valley. And your evidence of your love shows that you love people by feeling their pain and being willing to walk with them. Now, here's something interesting. Because verse 6 and 7, we get to a little plot twist. 
Remember I told you, this is a drama going on right here, okay? Remember I told you about this guy who was sleeping with his stepmom? His dad had passed away, but it was, just, it was kind of one of those things that was taboo, even to the pagans in, in Corinth. 